Welcome to another episode of You See Me But You Don't Know podcast, where we allow celebrities and athletes to tell their story their way. All right, everybody, welcome to the show. We have my boy, Javier Collins, former Cowboys. He's been on before. He came back on, and uh, we're going to sit here and kind of just talk about life, everything after the league. What's up, my brother? Hey, man. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up? Good to see you, man. Hey, man. It's good to see you, man. I tell you, since since we hadn't been doing the Breakfast Club, I hadn't seen everybody like we normally do. Right. Uh, But so tell me, man, what's been going on ever since I talked to you last? What has Javi been up to? Oh, man. Things are good, man. Nice. Things are always good. Nice. Uh, It's getting warm around this place. (laughs) Uh, That's always good. But, you know, just... uh, one of the things that I did after the game was become a family man. Yeah. So family's always growing, man. Have three children. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, yeah, they don't stop growing. <laughs> they don't stop growing physically. They don't stop growing mentally, man. So right. it's always good. Nice. You know, the Being married now, going on my 15th year. Wow. Wow. The relationships never stops growing. That's crazy, um, right? Yeah, man. So now it's cool because uh, my son, he's my oldest. Okay. Uh, he's 14. Oh, so wow. So he's gotten into the, uh, uh, he plays basketball. So he's gotten into the, uh, you know, the AAU, the the, the circuit tournaments. And okay. So now I'm able to see, you know, sport with him okay. as the centerpiece, as opposed to, you know, my life going through it. Right. Which has been just a you know an awesome experience, very so, humbling. So, what was it like? Because your kids, you were still in the league when you started having kids, right? No. Or no, you were after the league. Okay, no, okay, yeah, I started that after. It, it was like a chapter. Okay, right. So I finished uh, chapter one was the athletics. Nice. Then it was like an intermission of <laughs> you know. Fix my, you know, fix my body, fix my life, right. recalibrate, right. Get back to civilian lifestyle, civilian different. mentality. It's different. Different. Wow. It's definitely different. And then, you know, chapter two started with family. Okay, nice. I like that. And now, when you when you sit back and you think about it, are you glad that you had your kids after you got out of the league, or does it really matter? That's did a good it, question. Did it matter? That's a good question. Uh, so I played with guys who had children okay. while they were playing, while they were still actively in the locker room. And I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I think there's, there's, there's advantages and drawbacks to that. So yes, part of me was like, yeah, it'd be nice okay. to you know, have, instead of you know, daddy who was yeah. you know, yes. past tense, Yep. Uh, professional football player, what would it be like, you know, to see daddy like in the mix? Yes. That would yeah. be a completely different experience for them. Oh, so yeah. I think about it from that standpoint, man. Okay. But. And go ahead. And now, what do you, so how does your wife, she was after the league also? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Got married okay. after the league, man. So, so for me, man, it was all about, uh, um, that was first once I once I finished, man. So I okay. I got finished by 
what they call deselection. Okay. Right. <laughs> which is a which is a, a very polite way to say that I got cut and okay. I got waived. Right. Contract terminated, and then making the decision to not go pursue anymore. Okay. So for me, it was all about you know picking up all of the things that I kind of lost uh, or had to give up. Okay. So I was really big on education. I uh, was really big on um, maintaining my body. I just felt like shit after right. after the league, man. Oh, just, I bet you did. Oh, man, just bad knees, uh, lower back, bad uh, joints, just everything was just in bad shape. Wow. So I had to spend a lot of time on that first. Okay. Um. And the mental, the mental aspect, because they go hand in hand. Right. And then it got, then it got to the point to where it was all about, you know, reconnecting with interests, you know. Yeah. And I always was interested in, you know, having some uh, aspect of um, give back. Okay. Some aspect of being around or being uh, connected to in some way to sports culture. Okay. Right. Yeah. So that's that's kind of where that's kind of where my my uh, path sort of directed. Okay. Um, I got really big into the healing aspect, um, uh, with the natural the yeah. natural remedies of yeah. healing. I okay. was got really big in that culture, man. Okay. You sound like Rocket and Solomon. Ah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Two of my buddies. Yeah. Yep. Two guys mm-hmm. who have had a really really big influence. Okay. On my approach okay. to healing, nice, right? Especially Rocket. Okay. Especially Rocket. I remember back in the day, man. Rocket used to just sit me down and school me, man. I mean, he was the old, you know, the older cat in the locker room, <laughs> right? And shoot, man, I remember just watching that. Watching that, I'm in high school or middle school or just man, Rocket Ishmael. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, 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 so to be able to have. That guy is my teammate. Number one was just an awesome experience, okay. right? If you can ever be a teammate or play next to one of the guys that you grew up watching, is right. a, is a is an awesome kind of experience. But then the fact that he was just so knowledgeable about how to maintain yourself, how to maintain your body, yeah, how to uh, uh, protect yourself, how to recover, which is one of the biggest elements in sports, is recovery. So, yeah, a lot of good things, like I say, about those dudes, man. I, I remember he was, uh, we were we were at the breakfast club, and he was talking, I was talking about something, and he was like, well, you know, Reg, man, you know, you can do this, this, and this. And I was like, hold on, Rock, let me go get my degree first <laughs> before you start explaining it. <laughs> He's definitely, yeah, he's definitely high level with it, man. Rocket is, is high power when it comes to, the natural approach yeah. to living. And and now here's a good question for you. When you were in the league and you had the injuries, you had the best care to get through that injury. Uh-huh. But it almost seems like it's a Band-Aid while you're in the league. And then when you get out the league, everything that you were taping and fixing together comes back. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's an interesting way to put it, man. And looking back, yeah, it does seem like, you know, it is some of the best, uh, 
I don't want to say medical staff because they're really not doctors, but they're trainers. Okay, yeah. Right, so the best training staff available. But yeah, their job is not exactly to heal you. Right. Their job is to keep you in working order. <laughs> right, whatever that right. means for right. each individual. Right. So yeah, shit starts to fall apart. <laughs> you know, once those uh, trainers... Are no longer in the picture. So, so now, do you and you talk about it going to the natural and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Do you think most guys think about life after the league and how their bodies are going to feel? Oh, or we can just say you. How did you did you think about it? Uh, I thought about it, but. Maybe not as much as I should have thought okay. about it. Okay. I was Makes mindful sense. of it. Okay. You know, I wasn't totally reckless. Right. You know, I, I was I was mindful okay. about having some setting myself up in a positive way. Okay. Physically. Right. After the game. Which kinda it's it's hard because, you know, football is all about, you know, running through brick walls. Uh every day. Running through brick walls. You can't run through a brick wall with a conscience. <laughs> how does that happen? Well, I think how it happens is you know that next man up. Uh-huh. So you have to basically feed your family or you got to eat. You sure. know what I mean? Sure. Right. So, so that's, that, that's what you're thinking about, right? You're thinking about running right. through that brick wall. You're not thinking about, damn, what happens when... I'm no longer asked to run through these brick walls or what happens when I can't run through these brick walls or right. what happens when this team doesn't want me to run through these brick walls no more and no other team wants me to run through. You know, no one really oh, well, thinks yeah. about it from that standpoint. Oh, yeah. It's just about the now. So, yeah, I was I was guilty of that. It's kind of what is required to stay there. To your point, yep. it's about to somebody right behind me oh, yeah. who's looking to take my spot. Oh, yeah. So... So yeah, man. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You 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 going deep, man? To bringing me back right? to memories I haven't I haven't thought about in a while. You man. know, when when you think about it, it's like you you do everything you need to do and then some. Yeah. To stay a part of that one percent. Right. But then when it when it's all said and done, and you come out, it's just you. Right. And, you know, I, I look at old pictures of, uh, of you when you played, pictures of, of Solomon when he played. Right. Y'all don't even look the same. Night and day. Yes, because it's like when I saw Solomon, I was like, what? Yeah. And then I saw you, I was like, wait a minute. But it's almost like you have to be in that mindset. And it doesn't matter if you are 200 pounds over where you should normally be. Yeah. Because you got a job to do. Right. You know. And right. and you look afterwards and it's like, wow, did did they what's what's going on? But it just shows you the dedication and what it takes to stay at that level. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean there's there's some other things. There's some luck involved and right. you know, good fortune and you know, but yeah, definitely it is that that drive and that discipline. Yep. And just applying it into a different direction. Yep. Based on the interest. So, yeah, man. So, it's how I see it, it's just about healing. 
Okay. Right? And that's yeah. when we really get into the the natural healing conversation. Okay. Because to your point earlier, a lot of the things that we get from the training room, whether it's uh, anti-inflammatory or whether it's a painkiller or whether it's just something uh, to, to, to rub on. One of the coaches used to call it liniment. Whether you get some liniment <laughs> to rub on some sore spot in your body, it's all just acting as a Band-Aid, yeah. right? It really is providing no healing. In fact, most of those things are um, damaging to your body, to our bodies. Wow. In the long term. Right. Right? They're addictive. Yep. Right? They, they destroy tissues. Yep. They destroy neurons. Um, cause dependency. Yeah. So that, that's kind of what, uh, in my era at least, the yep. culture of football was about right. in terms of how to keep yourself on the field. And you know what's it's it's the way I correlate that or put it together is you have your league player, you have your NFL guy, you have your twenty one year old soldier that you send off to war. Right. The league, you you go into war every Sunday, right? That's what well, that's what everybody sees <laughs> every Sunday. Shoo, man. <laughs> And there's four or five practices a week. <laughs> right. <laughs> With and, no fans. It, <laughs> and, and a whole bunch of salt pills and bananas. Salt pills. And pickle and juice. <laughs> uh, you real old school. <laughs> I mean, we had Gatorade, but <laughs> we came up with some pickle juice. <laughs> so so if you if you look at it, like you said earlier, you guys run through that wall, your military guys run through that wall. Well, after there's no use for you anymore, it's the same way. So you have your your league vets that really is getting better about them taking care of you. You have your army vets. Mm-hmm. So you, you bring, you teach somebody to go to war every day. And then when you're done with it, there's no deprogramming or nothing to set you up for success after that. Right. You know what I mean? Right. There's definitely uh, a lot of parallels with those two communities. Yep. And there are a lot of, uh, there's a lot of symmetry right now happening. There's a lot of organizations that are out there being very intentional yep. about uh, connecting those two at, those two communities yep. based on those similarities. Oh, yeah. Uh, one, of those, one of those is uh, MVP, okay. Emerging Vets and Players, which is uh, probably the the forefront right now okay. of being very intentional and, and very active in combining those former combat veterans uh-huh. and former professional athletes okay. in a way that is all about, look, let's let's get together. We can heal together. We have a lot of similarities together. Right. And build one community out of these two separate communities, man. Right. So. So I yeah, like that's, that. that's a good point. You bringing that up because there is a lot of uh, connections, yeah, right between those two. And I know you're getting, you know, the the collective bargaining and all that stuff. So so you guys are starting to get more stuff from the league through through either the trust or the PA. And it's like I've I've talked to some guys and they're like, man, 
I don't want nothing to do with it. Because my first question to everybody was, when you are a former player, you never call it the NFL. You call it the league. Right. Which is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it, it is. It's, it's, it's an interesting thing because you're at the top of that pinnacle. Yeah. So you would think, oh, man, yeah, I played in the NFL. No, I played in the league. Yeah. And I just laugh at it because I was like, okay. But then once you're around y'all, it's like, I see why they call it the league. Yeah. I totally get it. Uh, but it's, it's, I'm glad there's more stuff out there for y'all to help y'all like the MVP and, you know, the trust or the PA. But it's, when, when you came out, how much of an adjustment was it for you to get back to who Javi was before the league? Well, yeah, that's a great question. It's a big adjustment. It's a big adjustment for any player. Um, usually having, having to get to that point, having to get to that level in one's career, in one's football playing career, you had to have started a long time before, yep. very young age. Yep. So that's a lot of years. We're talking, you know, 20, 15, 20, 25 years of just doing this one thing. So having to relearn anything after doing one thing for 25 years would be hard right. for anybody. So, you know, there's guys, it's, it's uh, make no mistake about it, man. There, there's, uh, there's an elitism within sports, right? There's 1% of the NFL who these players, they have, uh, you know, a nice cushiony analyst job on a sports network or yep. they have maybe a coaching job, which is a different track, right? but still, still relevant, still available to them. They have something that is already set up, right? This is only available to a very one, 1%, right? right? But by and large, Everyone else, it's no. Don't don't get me wrong. That one percent still has to go through some shifts. Yes. Right. Yep. Think of Tom Brady. Yep. Right. Think of Brett Favre. Right. Oh yeah. Had to go through some shift to get back to who they were, whoever that is. Right. Wherever that is. Right. Right. But we all got to make our way back. It's just that some some got to do it, and you know they get paid for doing it because they have a new job already set up. Right, and others, you know, you got to fend for yourselves. You know, I was talking to uh, Jeff <clears throat> Jeff Allen, and yes, my like, boy. He was like, "Man," because I asked him, "Did you think about life after football?" And he was like, "Yeah, I did, but that was towards the end. I didn't think about what I wanted to do." When I first got into it, because I'm thinking I'm going to play for 15 years. You're going to play as long as Brady played or whatever. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> not everybody gets to do that. Like you said, some of you get dehired. Some of you get put on IR and then get released the first day back and stuff like that. And, and it's like, wow. So you take that person and you go from a strict schedule, you know what you're doing from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed. You know what you're doing from the time you go to to the stadium to the time you get out. Yes. And I think that's, to me, that would be the hardest part for me because you've had somebody dictating your schedule for the last 20 years or whatever. 
from from college on through into the league. You That's know right. what I mean? That's right. That's right. And <laughs> it's funny you say that, man, because that's like half of it, right? When you no longer have someone that can give you an agenda or itinerary of what you have to do, then you really realize how much time is really in a day. And you realize that, well, hopefully you come to realize that either you can take advantage of that time or you can waste that time. Right. Right? For some people, it's a learning process and you got to waste some days to, before you wake up and realize that, hey, I'm wasting some days. Right, right. <laughs> you know, some guys never never wake up out of that, you know? Wow. Um, but that's a very good point. Like so much, so much of the lifestyle is structured. So much of the lifestyle is kind of ready-made Yep. For you, that really all you have to do is show up. Can you imagine living a life in anything where all you have to do is show up, right? That's it. And That's it. All you got to do is show up. And after you show up, you know, you got to perform well. You have to perform at least better than the worst person, right? right? <laughs> at least right. better than the worst person and get a massive paycheck, <clears throat> right? Oh, yeah. Discretional income. That, I mean, yeah. So, so when when that phase is over, and you have to make up your own schedule, yeah, it's it's easy to get lost in that. It's easy to get lost. That's crazy. And, but but I can see it. it I is. totally get it. Yeah. Because now all of a sudden, like you said, you went from what practice three or four hours a day, meetings, film sessions, whatever. So eight hours or the whatever. day the day is scheduled out to the half hour. Oh wow! You know where you're supposed to be. Wow. You you are assigned a place to be, right? So much of that, yeah, so much of that um, is, plays in to the success. Okay. Right? When you don't have to think about things like that. Right. Right? Wow. So when, the, so when the career is over and you do have to think about things like that, you realize, wow, I took this for granted for so many years, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. So... You know, you have guys that don't show up, <laughs> right? You have guys who, yeah, uh, I'll be there, right? Don't show up. <laughs> I mean, it's no, it, listen, this is not a, a knock on anybody. Right. We're just talking about reality. Yes. Right? Yep. Reality of the fact that we're dealing with, we're talking about men, grown ass men yep. who made a living right? Yep. A very well-paid living, doing something very difficult. Oh, yeah. And the difficulty of that task was balanced by how much the logistics were managed for them. Okay. Right? Okay. So when, the, when those logistics are no longer managed, right, the task doesn't change, Right. It's still, come on, man, it's real life. It's hard to make a lot of money in real life, <laughs> right? Yes, it is. So it's work. And, oh, it, yeah. and we didn't put 20 years into doing one thing. So it doesn't seem like it's something I can just show up and do. Oh, I can just show up and catch a ball. Or I can just show up and burn somebody in this, on this drag route. Or I can just show up and you know put these moves on this can and get to the ball. Right. Nah, bruh. <laughs> you have to convince somebody of something that... Shows them that they that you are of value. Right. <laughs> it's different when you're not when you when you're not wearing a uniform. That's crazy. Makes right? sense. Oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. if you have to account for all of that, 
Again, it's real life. If you have to account for all of that and have to maintain the logistics, sometimes things fall through the cracks, man. Oh, yeah. So I get it. It, it, and, and when you put it that way, it is because it's like, so it, it's like you just roll out of bed, don't put no effort into anything, and just show up. I'm here. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Right? Make sure you don't oversleep. Right. Make sure you set your alarm. You don't want to be late. <laughs> you don't want to be late. But there is a little bit more to it. But that, that's, yeah, that's it in a nutshell. And and I look at it and I see and and Mike Mike Bobino made a good observation. He said, "You see these guys in XFL or USFL or Canadian, right?" Yeah. He said, "And you have guys that have made it to that pinnacle, to that one percent in the NFL, and you think." they would already have structure and stuff in place to be able to get back to that. Mm. But he said a lot of them don't, mm. which is interesting, right? That is interesting. I mean, it makes sense. You know? Yeah. But if you're working and you're putting in that time, don't you think you would go with the formula that got you there the first time? Because that same formula has got to keep you there. It's just like your wife or my wife. You stop, you have to keep doing the same thing you did when you were dating them. You know what I mean? Very because good point. You, you have to keep that same thing going. If you change it up in any way, right? why'd you deviate? Right. But I get it. Life. Totally yeah. get it. Yeah, yeah. Totally no, it makes it. a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. You know? And that's just, that's what it is. So I'm actually interested in, I mean, in the spirit of this conversation, uh-huh. I'm interested in what your thoughts on this, how the whole NIL name, image, and likeness is going to impact all of this that we're talking about. You know what? I did a paper my freshman year in college back in 87. Okay. And according to Demetric, that was back when Moses and Jesus <laughs> were alive, right? Pretty close, pretty close. <laughs> right. So, so... He said, he asked, I told him, I was like, man, I did a paper. Pay these guys in 87. And so we started talking about that. Me personally, they should have been paying players. Mm-hmm. Okay, And me personally, they should retroactive it, retroactive <laughs> it oh, man. all the way back to when you were in college. Oh, man, you about do, to get a whole lot what, of people paid talking like that. Do you man. see what I'm saying? I do. Which I do. And, and then... I asked him about Reggie Bush and his Heisman. Should he have his Heisman back? Yeah, he 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 broke the rules, but the U was doing the same thing then. Right. But NIL, it needs to happen. I think these players, you're still going to have players who, who are going to make more, but at least you get these guys set up to where not everybody makes it to the league. Mm-hmm. So do you already have something that you can, after school, after college, you can go and start your own business or do your own thing or whatever? Because a lot of these guys are going to make more money in college than they will in the league. Oh, man. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man. You just heard about Angel Reese, man. What happened to Oh, man. She just got paid off NIL. I mean, she deserves it. I mean, hats off. 
Um, but my point is wow. how uh, the reality is in our generation mm-hmm. for, you know, we're talking about games, mm-hmm. ch- children's games, predominantly inner city children's games. Yes. Right? This was really the only realistic way to get paid or one of the only realistic ways to get yes. paid. Yep. Right? Let's just say for all intents and purposes, for a lot of people, maybe one of the most uh, legal ways to get paid, right? So now we're saying with the emergence of the NIL is that you can be your own brand and you can achieve some of the same financial milestones Yes. Without having to go through the the hoops and hustle. Yes. Of playing some sport that for decades has been the only way for a lot of people. Oh, the yeah. only realistic way that won't lie in your uh land you behind bars. Right. Right? No, seriously. <laughs> True. I mean this so man, that's just phenomenal. Yeah, and 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 I like it when you say it because Back in the day, that was your only way to get your family out of a situation. Right. Right? <clears throat> think about this. How much pressure do you think were put on the kids back in the day to be able to get that D1 scholarship and move on to the NFL or to NBA or MLB, whatever? That's a whole lot of pressure to put on a 17-year-old, or excuse me, depending on depending on where you are, that's a whole lot of pressure to put on a kid, and you start putting that on the kid when they seven and eight. Oh, my baby going to the league. My baby going to be an NBA player. So now you just put the whole weight of a generation yes. on that kid. Child. Yes. To yes. be able to go. Because... Now, all of a sudden, you are the next best thing. You're the savior of your whole entire family, everybody. Grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, so it's everybody, right? You know what I mean? So It's totally unfair. And, and these kids, they take it resilient, man. They just take it and they roll with it. But at some point in time, people sit back and say, well, why did he go this way? Well, he needed a break. Yeah, no, to your point, some of them roll with it and some of them get rolled up by it. That's the reality of it. It's an unfair situation. And I mean, that speaks to parenting and it speaks to the mind of, you know, adults and whatnot. Um, Totally unfair. But, you know, life is not a a, a fairly uh, squarely played game. Yeah. Right? It's just not. Um, But... Yeah, that generation. Uh, expectations, uh, the messaging that you're going to do all these great things, and it's just hard. It's hard for a young um, man or a young woman, for yep. that matter, to be able to carry that kind of burden, right, at such a young age. So it's going to be interesting. We're going to see. Um, it's going to be an interesting mix how this name, image, and likeness industry yep. is still, and it's, you know, the industry is still wearing diapers, still very, very, very early oh, yeah. in its development. And the 
transfer portal. You a fan of the transfer portal? You know what? I am to a certain extent. Yeah. But I think where these kids are missing the point is it's not just five people in the transfer portal. You got 2,000, <laughs> 3,000. Yeah. Okay, so do you really think you're going to get picked up? And Mike made another good thing. Why would I worry about a kid in the portal when I can go p- pull a kid from a JUCO? Yeah. That can yeah. step right in. Yeah. Okay. So the portal, I'm cool with it because you got to go back and look at it. What if you didn't like your coach at Northwestern? <laughs> what if you didn't like him and there was a portal? Or what if he lied to you and said, hey, Javi, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. And then you get there, he's gone, and somebody else is in his place that did not recruit you. (laughs) You should be able to leave. But that stops a lot of guys making it to that next level Mm -hmm. because Isaiah said this, stand back. He said he had a coach that he did not go with into college. Uh-huh. That coach made it into the league and wouldn't bring him on the team because he didn't sign with him in college. Oh. You see okay. what I'm saying? So wow. so that right there shows you those transfer portals are good, but the kids don't get it. Oh, well, you know what? I'm 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 not happy with this. I'm just gonna jump into the portal. You're going to jump into the portal and you're going to be sitting there because there's so much to choose from. Uh-huh. Unless the kid jumps in the portal and that coach like Prime. Prime has picked up three or four, five stars uh-huh. out of the portal. They want to come play for him. So what about everybody else? Yeah. Yeah. Some valid points, man. Some very valid points, man. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays. I think this is the, how many years? It's only been a handful of years that the portal's been around. Yep. So, man. And you don't have to sit out. Yeah. (laughs) You can come right in and start playing. Yeah. So so back in my day, the the scholarship was, it was four years scholarship, four to five years scholarship. Okay. If it was a red shirt. Now scholarships are year to year. They're like contracts. They're like contracts with these kids. So, yeah. Hey, man, I used to play NCAA football, PlayStation, or Xbox, the college version of Madden. Love the game. Okay. That's what started NIL and Portal and everything because these kids... You still had Alabama. You still had OU. You still had Tennessee. You had those teams. So the universities were making money off of that NCAA game, but you had the players that were basically name, likeness, and image, or name, image, and likeness off of that game. Yeah. (laughs) I'll even go back even further. Think about this one. The U... The U was off the chain. But nobody said anything about the U. Yeah. All that was swept under the 
swept under the rug. Okay? <laughs> SC got into all of that, and which is one of the reasons Reggie Bush lost his Heisman. Yep. But think about that. These schools have been doing that. Everybody's been doing it forever. But they only punish the ones that are not in your power fives. Mm. Mm. SMU got slammed. Mm. Southwest Conference, <laughs> you know, yeah. Southwest Conference or SEC, right? You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, I mean, it's, but, but, I, I hope it works. I think it's going to be good. They just have to come up with a process, yeah, to where it's not just wild, wild west. You know what I mean? No, but, I agree. But I, I mean, agree. hey, I want the kids to get their money. It's just like you and you play. Go get your money, yep, because. You got, you got these universities making billions of dollars off of athletics. And if you're in the SEC, you can basically do what you want to do and, you know, you have a good division. And these kids, you get tired of it. Look how many kids jumped in the portal out of Alabama. Yeah. Everybody's going to do it. But hopefully... Yeah. These kids are not sitting in the portal. And then now you're trying to come out. Well, you only come out of the portal if somebody wants you, right? Yeah. I mean, you got it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. It's completely foreign to me as far as how it works. Yeah. But, yeah. It's a new day. It's a new day across the board. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I've always been, I've always been an advocate of the athletes, I've always been an advocate of student athletes uh, in college and the athletes uh, after college. So, man, more power to them. Oh, yeah. As we continue to figure this thing out and figure out the, the happy medium. Right. Right. When we got big business and big athletics, we've seen that's not a very good mix. Yep. You know, dealing with human capital. It's yep. hard. It's hard. But, man... We shall see. It, it is. I mean, <laughs> look at the draft and look how people position to do this or do that just to get the people. But yeah. if you go back and you really look at it, most of your guys who make the rosters are undrafted free agents. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you got <laughs> guys that are not five stars. Mm -hmm. You got a guy that may be a one star, may not even be a star, and can go and make an NFL roster. Oh. It's like, okay, so are we overhyping the draft? Mm. Because a lot of the guys who get drafted don't make it. Mm. You got a bunch of them who do, but name Johnny Manziel's. The, the kid that came out of LSU that went to the Raiders, quarterback. Oh, that's right. Uh, Russell. Yes. That's right. Marinovich drafted high. And now don't don't get me wrong, you still got high draft picks that make it and are very successful in the league. But most of your guys are undrafted free agents. Hmm. Cuz you got to work. It's not you don't get your name called rounds 1 through 7. Yeah. You on the back end. You putting in that work. Not saying no one else is putting in that work, but when you work for it and you attain it, it means a whole lot more yes. than 
going in the first round and you're an instant millionaire. I mean, look at Sam Bradford. Mm, right. Good quarterback, mm-hmm. but now you got the Bradford rule where they don't pay those guys like that anymore coming right. out because you haven't proven yourself. You've proven, undrafted guys have proven themselves to get to that next level all day long. Mm. I done talked to a whole bunch of them and these guys are making the team. Right. Right. So it's all about, and, and the thing is, whether you're drafted or undrafted, you still are part of that 1%. Yeah, that's it right. It don't matter. <laughs> you just got to work harder to get your money and your payday. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. Right. We're talking different 1%, though. Different different, <laughs> different 1%. There's a percentage inside that percentage. <laughs> Definitely. I've heard that. That, that 1% of, like, all athletes, for sure, very high achieving. You get to the league, you have made it. Yes. You have beaten some very steep odds. Yes. Right? Yes. But it's the ultimate, right? The ultimate of uh, the biggest pond ever. Yes. Right? So if you're a small fish, a medium fish, a large fish, you have jumped into the ocean. Yes. When we're talking about the league level. Oh, yeah. Right? So, yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree with what you're saying. And it just it just kicks up. The, the elitism just kicks up from that standpoint. You know, I was talking to uh, Kajana Carter. Mm-hmm. Okay, boy balled out at Penn State. Balled mm-hmm. out in the Rose Bowl. Went number one overall. And he said, every year he gets to hear his name, the biggest bust in NFL. One of them. One of them. Mm-hmm. For sure. He still made it. He went number one overall. How is that a bust? Right. But I then, understand. But then you go back to undrafted guys. Dude, you made it to the league. And you got some of them that come out of HBCUs that wasn't even on a radar. And they ball out. Right. So I see y'all. You made it to the league and got a contract. It don't matter if you went first round, seventh round, Mr. Irre- irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Because you did what you needed to do to get to that point, you know? You, you know, that's a very, oh man, <laughs> that's a very good point that you're raising. And so it brings like a very complicated conversation. I don't know if we'll be able to talk to me. Cover it. Talk to me. You, I want to hear that. We can start and then come back. Part two, part three, part four. It don't matter. Okay. So you're talking about Kajana Carter. Yep. So yes, the reality is he made it. Yep. Right. Yep. Shut the f up. Yep. He made it. Yep. Right. However, we're talking about expectations. Okay. Right? We're talking about expectations that have been created by a specific person. Okay. Right? So the league, uh, I think this was when, I'm trying to remember the conversation. Maybe it was the NBA lockout when they called it the millionaires versus the billionaires. Was that the NBA lockout? Yes, I think it was. Okay, I so I, I just bring that up because it was the most recent in my mind. But that's the concept. When we talk about who runs the NFL, right? If I ask you, Reggie, who runs the NFL? A certain uh, archetype comes to mind. A certain identity yes. comes to mind. Yes. Right? 
All the owners. <laughs> All the owners. <laughs> right. Right? Oh, yeah. Who share certain characteristics. Yep. The the league itself, the commissioner of the league, the, the, the commissioner of the league is charged with protecting the interest of the owners of the teams. Yep. Right? Yep. The executive director of the NFLPA is charged with protecting the interest of the players. Yes. Right? That's yep. how that relationship works. Yep. Right? So when we're talking about expectations that are put on players, those expectations come from the owners, the good old boy network, <laughs> yep. the executives. Yep. Right? Oh, yeah. We're talking about a specific identity. So I didn't even want to get that detailed in it, man. Are you but, good, man? You good. But it's a very detailed conversation. Because, because it needs to come out. Well. It needs to be heard or. Well, it needs to be redirected. Yeah. Right? When we're talking about rights and equity and power. Yep. Right? We're talking about who is the majority of the leadership within the locker room? Who is the majority of the players on the field or on the court for that matter, yep. right? So we talk about who the majority is. Now we look at how much power does that majority have compared to who's the majority of the people off the court, behind the scenes, in the front office, yep. right? How much power does that group have, right? Compare power. Is it the same? Highly unlikely. Yeah, no, doubtful at best. Far from it. It's not. <laughs> because when you think about it, it's like when a player gets cut, that's coming from top down. As I would say, what is your ROI? Right. At the end of the day. What is that? That's good. <laughs> what does that formula <laughs> even look like? How do you, because that's what it is. Yep. When, when you go to a draft, you are looking at investments. So how does an ROI sheet even look on a football player? <laughs> That's what I want to see. Uh, let's That's see what here. I want to see. You may, you, it may look a little like this. What's this? Well, actually, half, half the time, your character don't matter. Half the time. Uh -huh. It just depends on how good you are. <laughs> oh, we can overlook that piece of it. But you, you, you got that character. Then you have, okay, how did he grow up? Okay. How many injuries has he had? Okay. That's it. Uh, I don't think they care about anything else. As long uh, as you're not injury prone, uh, you had a halfway decent upbringing. Yeah. <laughs> and how many jerseys can you sell? Yeah. That's that's my version of no, I hear you. what it looks I hear like. You. <laughs> I hear now, you. That may be totally different. I hear you. I mean, now from from when you hear it, these players go through a long process before the draft even happens. And if you got any anything, look at look at the old boy from Georgia that was in that car racing thing that right. that, that killed those two, right? Right. He still went in the first round. Right. Still. Right. Top 10. Did yes. he go number nine? Yeah. To Philly. He went to Philly. So how do you... Yeah, that was a big... I mean, you had to turn yourself in during the combine. So what is it teaching? It's teaching you can do whatever you want to do. <laughs> What's the message? It, I hear you, Reggie. What's the message? <laughs> What's the message behind that? So I caused an accident or whatever... 
and I still go top 10 and still make millions? Mm. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's, that is crazy, man. You, because it's like you're telling, but, but think about this. Growing up, and you probably saw it, you're good in high school. Teachers love you. Everybody loves you. If you were a little short of a grade in math, hey, I'm going to let you do this to make up for that grade so you can be sitting here, okay? You get Joe Blow over here, same grade, but Joe Blow has zero ROI. <laughs> Teacher tells you, <laughs> you out of luck, but you go and it follows you. The better you are, the more you get to get away with. Uh. And then when you get to that point to where you are in that 1%, uh. you think you can do anything you want to do uh. and you have no consequences. Mm. I get it. Totally get it. I wish I was like that, had, mm. had it coming up like that. But I think that's where some of the fall comes from because you're so used to getting everything you want, certain people. But if, if you're a good athlete, your way is made for you. Mm. How many, how many uh, uh, as, as uh, Will Smith would say uh, in the one movie he was in, I can't remember which one it was. He, was, he was telling an old girl, I want my daughter to do this. I want her to go to Harvard. I want her here, I want her there. And if she can't make the grade, white people that thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you know when he was I'm playing uh, Serena and Venus' daddy. You, you know Is that the one? About? I think it, it may have been. I don't remember which one. Okay. But there's a way yeah, yeah. that things are done. That's, that it's done. You no, know? no, I get it. And I mean, I get we'll, it. we'll probably wind up cutting that out because I don't want anybody to think I'm racist. But anyway. Right. Uh, Note to self. Yes. It's <laughs> so it, it's one of those things where yeah. you just, you have... The haves and the have-nots. Right. And then when you get to that league level, both of you are the haves. Right. But who's the shot caller? Right. See, I can, man, I can go in <laughs> on all of this, but I, you know. Man, you say what you need to say because well, it I, is what it is. It, right. But everybody is not ready to accept what is. So people are ready to accept what they feel. Gotcha. People are ready to accept what they want gotcha. to accept. Gotcha. People are not ready to accept what really is real. Right. Right? Okay. So okay, you gotta I'm, off, I, I'm off the cup. You gotta I'm off, give I'm you off gotta, the cuff right now, man. But the thing about, you know, <laughs> I grew up in the 90s, right? The golden era oh, yeah. of hip hop. Oh, yeah. So, and we'll cut out. Please cut all of this. Oh, yeah. Please, please cut it. You know, we'll start cutting from from before. Yes, I, yes. I think it was King David. Yes, the movie. It could have been with the. Uh, I didn't see it, but I saw <laughs> the daddy in real life saying something like that. He was, he was fiery. Oh, he was fiery in real life. Hey, yeah, you do and say what you need to say. Yeah, because my thing is this: when you hold your tongue, people feel they can do or say anything to you. Mm. But 
everybody I'm associated with or that know me, know me, that I hang out with, they say I'm crazy. I got you. Because I'm going to basically tell you about yourself. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. I got you. And sometimes that's good. I got you. But more than it's bad. Because like you said, some people aren't ready to hear uh-huh. the real deal. Oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I get it. And this thing, Matt, Matt says what Matt says. Uh-huh. And he doesn't care. Yeah, yeah. And I totally get it. You yeah. know, and, and I mean, coming from that high level, you guys have seen it firsthand. Yeah. I mean, like Jeff talking about, oh yeah, they'll they'll turn around and you're on IR and they'll bring you back to practice one time and then cut you. And then cut you. Just want to see that they just want to see you on film. That's how it works. They wow. just want to see you move around a little bit. Right? Because again, it's all about patchwork. Yes. They'll throw you some opioids, give you some anti-inflammatories that'll probably mess up your uh your gastrointestinal system. Right. Right. Throw some stem on you, some ice. Um, hopefully not surgery. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's all about did we do enough to piece this motherfucker back together? <laughs> right? Right. Oh yeah. Did we? Let's check that box. Okay. Now let's get this motherfucker back on the field so we can see how it works. Yep. All right. Check that box. Get him on film so we have a record of it. Yep. Uh he looks like shit. And yep. the injury is worse than we told him. Yep. Oh uh, yeah, cut that motherfucker. <laughs> That's the reality of it. Yep. You know, that's the reality of it. That's how this shit works. That's the business of football. Oh, yeah. The business of sports. So like I said, I'd be interested in what that ROI formula looks like. When you're talking about, <laughs> when you're talking about capitalizing on an investment on a freaking human being. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Which is crazy. It's, it's fucking insane. Which is crazy. Because when, when you sit back and you think about that, it's like, wow. So... I'm going to put 200 million on something that can get hurt and injured. That 200 million, I'm going to front load that and give you X amount up front, which covers three years out of a five-year deal. Well, once you hit that three years, if you're still not producing, I have the right to terminate your contract. I don't lose anything because I'm not going to take that big of a salary cap hit depending on how your contract was structured. I get it. Yeah, man. It's all smoke and mirrors. It's business. It's, a, it's, it's just like everybody's got three three shells and you, you're yeah. moving them around. The NFL is ran by warlords and wizards, man. <laughs> Seriously, the warlords are the guys who sit up in these big front offices. Right, right. And the wizards are the ones who they have crunched the numbers. You know, what did Solomon tell me one time? Solomon said, man, when he got cut, he practiced, did his thing, and then got a phone call. Yeah. And they was like, you ain't answering your phone. He was like, am I supposed to answer my phone? Oh, yeah, it's my day off. I know that story. That's my guy, Solly, man. You Shout know, out to Solly. That's crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. Why yeah. do you answer your phone? Yeah. And you know when it's getting ready to happen. Yeah. And I'm yeah. just like, okay. So yeah. I can see why players call it the league. Yeah. 
because it almost is like a <laughs> mafia type mm. deal. Because mm. there's a whole bunch of money. It's legal, mm-hmm. but there's a whole bunch of money. Mm. And you only have, everybody is a part of their own family. Mm. Each team, that's your mob boss sitting at the top. <laughs> and you got your sergeants, your, your, your assassins. <laughs> your assassins are the coaches when they cut <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? No I mean, it, it's, but no doubt. that's the way it's structured. Yeah, yeah. And then you got to get all these guys together to get along. And then you have Snyder is like, well, if I go down, I'm bringing Jerry Jones down. I'm bringing, I'm bringing everybody else down with me. Right. But he's still going to have to sell his team. Right. Low integrity. <laughs> That's called low integrity. <laughs> oh, man, I love it. I love it. I told you, man, I already knew we was going to go off the chain, dog. I already knew. I already knew the wheels were going to fall all the way off. It's getting there. You know? It's but, getting there. But, but it's, it's real talk. There. It is. And it, it's, you know, this was good, man. Oh, yeah. I got to... Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's time I, to get you out of here. Yeah, big, I got to... What time is it? It's, oh, yeah, yeah. 45. I got I to gotta call at three, but no, this is... Yeah. Uh, all right, it's getting there. Yes. I'm, I'm still... Yes. You know, I'm still codifying my words... On purpose. Yes. Oh, of course. But I'm going I'm to pull, I'm a pull the, the covers off of the words in a minute. And see, I already know. You yeah. and Matt together? Yeah. Oh, it, it, it would have been off the chain from the start. Yeah. It wouldn't, because Matt is not going to code. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Or do, yeah. he ain't going to do no secret handshake. He ain't yeah. going to do none of that. He going to tell you exactly how it is. Yeah. And that's, that's just how he is. But you also still have to be cautious. <laughs> Well, he's, of what you say, he's got the privilege, of, of course, of, of being being reckless like that. Of course, yeah, which yeah. we all don't have. <laughs> much love to Matt, much respect, but it is what it is. Yeah, that's the world we live in. Yep. Oh, oh and, our, and, and we're mindful of that oh, all day long. That's, yeah. that's what I love about the podcast because yeah. you say what you want to say, and anybody don't like it, don't listen to. Yeah, it. yeah. It really doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, this is an opinion. It's yeah. not a fact. It's well. Sometimes there are facts, but right. people still don't know how to take them. You, I mean, you know what I mean? But For sure. But, man, I, I want to appreciate you, Big Dog, for coming on the show again, because I already know we got another episode to right. go into. It's waiting. Oh, yeah. Bubbling. Oh, yeah. It's waiting. And, you know, and I asked you the last time, and, and, and I'm curious to see if your word has changed. What's the one word that tells who Javi is? Oh man, without even thinking, grateful. Nice, <laughs> nice. I love it. Grateful, man. Because you the good, there. the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> grateful for everything. Seriously, I love it. Yeah, I love it. It's off the chain. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you again, my thank brother, you. for coming on the show, man. My, my and, pleasure, uh, man. Thank you. You know, we're gonna we're gonna turn fun. it out. We're gonna turn it out the next time. Yeah. Uh, but. Again, my boy Javier Collins, former cowboy, on the show with me today. And we had an awesome time. And uh, we're going to go ahead and catch y'all later. We're out. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Remember to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at You See Me Pod. Make sure you share with your family and friends. We'll see you next episode. And always remember, you see me. 
but you don't know my story.